The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Throughout this summer, we've been walking, and I use the word walk on purpose because we're going to walk a little bit more here this morning in Ephesians. That's going to be our key word. We have been walking a little bit at a time through the book of Ephesians. And we have come to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a longer section right there on page 8 in your bulletins. And if you're with us at home, open up your Bibles so that you can keep those words in front of you. I'm going to focus the sermon, though, this morning just on verses 15 through 21. So verses 15 to 21 but we're going to pick up the larger context here as we read it. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Walk carefully. That is what Paul says at the beginning of our verses there in 15. Walk carefully. 
You know, the NIV does a little bit of a disservice to us because it takes the metaphor of walking right out of what the Apostle Paul says that the NIV gave us this, pay care, be careful than how you live. But maybe a better translation would be the HCSB, which says, pay careful attention there then to how you walk. So if we could be a little bit more free and colloquial, popular with what the Apostle Paul is saying and doing for us this morning, he is hanging out a giant billboard, so to say, as you are walking through life, the giant billboard is blinking and saying, walk very carefully. I thought about for quite a while in my experiences where I might have heard such a message before. And honestly, I couldn't even think of one. I mean, when, when is the last time in your experiences that someone has said, this, the days are so evil, there are so many dangers in your path that you had better take a hard look at where you are going to step as you put one foot in front of another. I thought about, I thought about the times where I've been in an airport. Maybe you've been in an airport too. And we're on these escalators, these walking escalators. And for a while, there's no message at all. And then when you get to the end of the escalator, it says walk. Watch your step. But I actually couldn't think of a single time in all of my experiences where somebody had said, you better watch every single step that you take or otherwise the days are evil. Walk carefully. Maybe if you've been a soldier before, you've you've had that experience before, though where this giant sign hangs in front of it and it says, minefield. Something like that. Watch your step. I think the Apostle Paul is not thinking of a walking escalator. I think he's more thinking of life as if it were actually a minefield and one step in the wrong direction and boom! That's what he's saying. Walk carefully. So before we take a a single step forward, and and before we get on in this lesson, we got to understand that that everything that he's going to say next, we might think of as we're walking through this minefield of life, and if we take the wrong step, we're going to blow ourselves up. And he's going to show us two ways we can certainly do that. But not to despair. There is a safe path through it all. So here's our first minefield. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, walk carefully. And as you're walking carefully in a wise way, not unwise, he says in verse 18, Do not get drunk on wine. 
That's the first mind. Drunkenness. And, and that makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense that, that if you are actually, if life is more like walking through a minefield than being on an escalator that kind of just carries you along, if we are walking through a minefield, then you're not going to be wanting to be drunk while you're walking through it. That makes sense. I mean, the police even, when, when they suspect intoxication, they pull you over, what's the first thing that they do? They make you walk a line, don't you? Don't they? And if you take one step to the right or the left and you're in a minefield, wow. Watch out. Walk carefully, the Apostle Paul says. Do not get drunk on wine. A couple clarifications before we move on from this phrase. The first clarification would be this that Paul is not just prohibiting getting drunk just on wine. In other words, you, you can't be sitting there here at church or at home thinking to yourself, okay, I won't get drunk on wine. I won't pull out my Merlot. I'll drink JD. Or I, 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 I'll drink, I don't know, mi cervecita, to say it in Spanish. Like I'll grab a Modelo or one of those things. He's saying the prohibition is not just to get drunk on wine. The prohibition is not to get drunk. And by the way, we can expand this, can't we? To include any substance that would make walking through a minefield dangerous. Including, people have asked me actually quite, quite a lot, lot of questions about this since weed is now legal in New York State. Pastor is... Is it okay to, to use weed to smoke a doobie? And what would the Apostle Paul say? Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. It makes it dangerous to walk. Do not get drunk. Here's a second clarification then. This is an important one too. That the Apostle Paul is not prohibiting alcohol entirely. He's not saying don't ever drink a beer. He's not saying don't have wine. In fact, if he did that, then he'd be prohibiting the sacrament, wouldn't he? He's saying don't get drunk on wine. Don't drink all the way to intoxication. And by the way, this is a spiritual mind. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. Drunkenness is deadly. It's a deadly sin. He says, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This puts at risk, drunkenness puts at risk our very salvation. Walk carefully. Walk very carefully. Now, at this point, you might be asking yourself a really relevant question. You might be thinking to yourself, well, what is drunkenness then? Okay. How, how, how much can I drink or how much of a substance can I use? And actually, our laws here in New York State help us a little bit along those lines. You know what legal drunkenness, legal intoxication is here in New York State? 
0.08%, if we want to get real scientific and legal about it, 0.08% blood alcohol level. So I, I did a little bit of research on this point, I, just for you, so I could share this with you. Now, we, we admit that we all have different weights and different genders, and, and maybe we've eaten or not eaten, but all of that is kind of splitting hairs. The truth of the matter is this, that if you sit down and you have two drinks in a single sitting, unless you are above 220 pounds, and I don't know if there's that too many people above 220 pounds, then the third drink puts you over the legal limit. The third drink does that. Now, I'm not going to get all legalistic here this morning and say, you better not push into the third drink if you're a Christian. I'm not going to say something like that. But I do want the Apostle Paul's warning to sit on your heart for you to think about that and pray about that and think, how can I not even get close? How can I not even get close to being spiritually drunk on whatever substance that we're using? That would be the question that we want to ask ourselves. Walk carefully because God has poured out his spirit into your life because he He's bought us with the only with the blood of his only son. Walk carefully, he says. That is the first landmine, the landmine of drunkenness, but that's not the only one. In fact, there's one that's very closely related that he moves into next. And this is again verse 18. He says this, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now that's a 10 cent word, <laughs> debauchery. But if we can think of debauchery in this way, debauchery is basically wild living. It, it is just, it's just kind of sort of like Elsa, you just let it go and you do whatever, whatever you want. Now, now debauchery, debauchery is definitely not limited to sexual immorality. It's not. There's, debauchery certainly does include it though, and the Apostle Paul definitely has sexual immorality in mind. Because look at what comes before. It's all about sexual immorality. Now, sexual immorality is very broad. Now, we're not talking about just adultery. Now, we're talking about any kind of sexual immorality. And in immorality, we might define it this way. Immorality, we might define it this way. It is experiencing sexual pleasure at any time, anywhere, outside of the marital relationship. Sexual pleasure with sexual organs outside of the marital relationship. That's what he's saying. And he even said before, this, just so we're clear that this is a landmine, he says no immoral, impure, or greedy person such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ, and of God. This is something that we want to avoid at all costs, and yet just like drunkenness, oh my, is sexual immorality seductive? 
And it's spiritual in nature. I saw this interesting article. Maybe you saw it too after the election here in 2020. And this was on November 5th. So November 4th was the election. And November 5th, everyone was waiting for the results. So we, we can go back into that time frame. And Pornhub released its, its analytics for after the election. And apparently, what Pornhub discovered is that sexual immorality and the use of pornography is a bipartisan issue. Bipartisan issue. Did you know this? So interestingly, when it appeared that Donald Trump early in the night was going to win the election, do you know where the use of pornography was the highest? Blue states. Blue states. And then, interestingly enough, as the night wore on, you remember what happened? Looks like the Joe Biden victory is more and more plausible. Do you know where the use of pornography went up then? This is the middle of the night, by the way. Red states. What does it tell you about our country and the way that people deal with loss and despair and loss of control? You know what some people do? This is how bankrupt our country has become. Some people go to Pornhub. Do I have to describe more after that? This is the only comfort that they can find, apparently. You need to know that our God has not failed and he never will and he will not start now. He has redeemed us from this old way of life and we need to have better spiritual tools to comfort ourselves, to make ourselves feel better than sexual immorality, to put it straight out. We need to learn how to pray and we need to learn how to trust. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, walk carefully. Don't turn to drugs and alcohol. Instead, and now, and now we have to get to what he's saying after that, he wants us to see that there is a clear path to joy. There is a clear path to comforting ourselves with God's word. And this is what he says. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't don't want you to get the wrong feeling about these verses. The Apostle Paul is not scared. He's not worried that we're going to lose our salvation. He, 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 he is clearly warning us, but really, he's joyful. Isn't he joyful? He's so joyful that his heart has become a harp. His heart, his heart has become a musical instrument because what he knows is this. Before we even take a single step, carefully, what he knows is that we have sat down with Christ in the heavenly realms. You see, in a very real way, we never move past Ephesians chapter 2. 
See, we're, we're, we're jumping all the way back to Ephesians chapter 2, where we said it is by grace we have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so we sit in the heavenly realms with Christ. Our salvation is finished. Our forgiveness won. The cross is empty. And so is the tomb. We have been saved. So we sing. That's what he's doing. Not sex. Not drugs. Not alcohol. We go to church. That's what we do. You know, it, not, not to beat a dead horse, but, or, or to say something really obvious, but I, I absolutely do want to say the obvious to you this morning. That the Apostle Paul, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even have to say it. He assumes that this is what Christians are doing. That Christians are coming together in one place for in-person worship. He assumes it. You know, I get it. I get it that there's pandemics happen and hurricanes happen. And sometimes we have to stay home. But the assumption is that we are going to get back to that place where we can sing together where we can give thanks together, where we can receive the sacrament together just as soon as we can. And I've never seen that happen on Zoom. Not yet. Have you tried to sing on Zoom? Can't do it. He says, speak to one another with, with songs and hymns and spiritual songs giving thanks for everything. And you can only do that at one place and at the same time. You know, and I could add my own testimony to this. Maybe you could too. Let me ask you something. Where and when in your spiritual life have you felt the most joy, the, the most thanksgiving that you ever have? And most frequently, you know what it is for me? Sunday morning. That's when it most often happens. Spirit comes into this place and we're singing a hymn. We're, we're maybe doing, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. And then sometimes I can't even, I can't even finish it. Does it happen to you? On Christ the solid rock I stand. Can you finish it? All other ground. All other ground is sinking sand. The tears come. Our hearts are moved. And we leave this place. Is this not true? We leave this place different people, comforted because of what Christ has done for us. This is why we do what we do. We're on our way. We're going to glory. But we must be so very careful. We can easily go down this path, drugs and alcohol, or down this path, sexual immorality. But I have yet to come home from church deeply moved and the next day experienced a hangover. 
never happens. Because this is the way that God has always been moving in our lives, filling us up with the Holy Spirit and with Christ. Here is why we do what we do. Amen.